0: Hello, hello, bonjour, buenas dias and good day and a very warm welcome to the podcast of tech.eu. You are currently listening to episode number 177. I am your humble host Robin Walters, I'm the founder of TechEU and filling in for the time being for André Daigler from our team, who will be back in the podcasting saddle in August, so you'll have to bear with me for just a little while longer. Today, our esteemed Berlin-based news editor, Annie Musgrove, will discuss a couple of major stories that hit the newswires in the past week. I have promised to take a deeper dive into a certain topic this episode, but that has been delayed. The good news is that I have sunk my teeth into quite a fascinating topic, if you ask me, uh, namely supercomputing or high-performance computing, and Europe's place and future in all of this, so stay tuned on that. As you may know, every Friday afternoon, we publish the 10 biggest European tech news items of the week. Uh, you should totally subscribe to our newsletter, by the way. But today we have Annie Musgrove joining us on the show to discuss some of those stories in this episode. Later on, you can and should also listen to an interview that Andrew recorded some time ago. It features a uh, Faisal Galaria, and I hope I didn't butcher that name. Uh, he joined a British augmented reality tech company Blipar as its new CEO in October last year. But first, let's hear from Annie about some of the biggest and most notable news items in the European tech space from the past 10 days or so.
1: Opera, a Norwegian software company that's actually currently owned by a Chinese holding and has been in the business of making internet browsers and applications since 1994, announced last week that it will soon be launching its first consumer fintech offering for the European market. You don't often hear about a browser company going into fintech, so that seemed quite a surprise to some of our readers indeed. To enable the move, Opera acquired the fully digital neobank Fjord Bank, a Lithuania-based startup that was founded by a group of Norwegian and Swedish investors just over 3 years ago. The deal to purchase Fjord Bank remains subject to regulatory approval, but Opera says it will enable it to, quote, further accelerate its fintech operations in Europe by launching new disruptive services aimed at improving consumers' personal finances, the company said in a statement. We also ran some surprising news about Delivery Hero, the Germany-born but rather global company that runs local delivery services, as they announced last week that they've been quietly acquiring minority stakes in a number of sustainable tech startups over the last two years. Specifically, these startups are developing alternative solutions to the very environmental problems that Delivery Hero's business model perpetuates. The investments are part of the German company's overall effort to, quote, make meaningful contributions to a greener industry and environment, as well as safeguarding our communities and markets across the world from effects of environmental challenges, according to a press release. So far, the investments have gone to two German teams innovating on takeout packaging, Hamburg-based Bielutions and Munich's Wise Food, as well as two California-based food tech startups, one called Just, which is creating plant-based food products out of San Francisco, and the better-known Impossible Foods, which produces plant-based substitutes for meat. Delivery Hero did not disclose the sizes of these investments. Meanwhile, Barcelona based travel management platform TravelPerk has acquired Albatross, a young startup that offers an API for structured information on travel restrictions and local guidelines in the coronavirus era. This is the Spanish company's first acquisition. As a result of the deal, Albatross's technology and data will be incorporated into TravelCare, which is TravelPerk's travel risk management offering. But it will also remain a standalone product for other travel providers. The Albatross API was only launched at the end of April this year by Rafael Deverio. The acquisition is part of Travel Perk's broader efforts to help travelers and businesses navigate the complex travel environment created by the global pandemic. The Daily Mail reported last week that a British technology startup called Visionable, and billed as the Zoom for Medics, is mulling a fundraising of up to 100 million pounds to help support its growth in the UK and overseas. Visionable is chaired and was co-founded by former NHS England board member, Lord Victor Adebowale, and has reportedly grown to 70 people since launching in 2015. The company has already raised around 15 million pounds, and the Daily Mail writes that its valuation with the next fundraising round may amount to up to 1.5 billion pounds definitely one to keep your eye on. And finally, the shares of French video games maker Ubisoft are down quite heavily this week after the company announced an executive shakeup due to allegations of misconduct and inappropriate behavior. Ubisoft's chief creative officer, Serge Hascoët, was among those who resigned. Yannis Malad The managing director of Ubisoft's Canadian studios will also be stepping down from his role, and leaving the company, effective immediately, as will its current global head of HR, Cécile Cornet. Yves Guimont, the co-founder and CEO of Ubisoft, which publishes games such as Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, in a statement said the company has, quote, fallen short in its obligation to guarantee a safe and inclusive workplace environment for its employees. This is unacceptable, he added, as toxic behaviors are in direct contrast to values on which I have never compromised and never will. He continued, saying, quote, I'm committed to implementing profound changes across the company to improve and strengthen our workplace culture. Yeah, sounds like that may be needed over there. Well, that's it for this short rundown of some of the biggest European tech news stories from the past few days. We'll be back with more soon. You might want to keep an eye out, though, for some big news on Wednesday, July 15th. The European Union's second highest court is set to rule in an appeal by Apple and the country of Ireland against an earlier EU ruling for the US company to pay a whopping 13 billion euros in back taxes. Definitely one to watch.
0: Thank you very much, Annie. Great job as usual. And now let's hear our interview with Faisal Galaria. He recently became the CEO of British AR tech company Blipar. Enjoy. Today, I am very
2: happy to be joined by Faisal Galaria, the CEO at Blipar, if you remember that company. Hi, Faisal. Thanks a lot for joining today. Hi there. Pleasure to be here. So before we start talking, let me quickly sum up the story of Bleeper just to set the scene. And if I make any mistakes, uh, Faisal, I believe you will correct me. And uh, I'm going to quote uh, and paraphrase my own news piece from January 2019. That was uh, one and a half years ago. And uh, what, what I wrote uh, there was the following. Uh, Blippar was founded in 2011 and deployed some 300 employees at its peak times. And it started as a B2C company that sold an app that recognized landmarks and how Hold items, but then eventually pivoted to the B2B segment to sell its technology to enterprise customers. In 2017, BliPar reported a loss of 35 million British pounds, and in December 2018, the company went into administration. And the immediate reason for that was that one of its investors, Malaysian sovereign wealth fund, Kazanan Nacional, blocked an emergency funding round of 5 million US dollars. In total, BliPar had raised some 131 million U.S. dollars, At its at its peak, it boasted a unicorn valuation of 1.5 billion U.S. dollars. And the report I mentioned, though, in this report, uh, what I just uh, quoted was mostly like the background information. And the news in January 2019 uh, was that Candy Ventures, uh, one of the investors in BliPar, acquired uh, the company's IP and said that it would hire, quote, a number of former key key bleepor team members, quote ends, to launch a new business soon. And in a press release at that time, kind of Ventures said that the new incarnation of bleepor, which would also be called Bleeper, uh, would focus on, uh, quote, developing a SaaS augmented reality creation and publishing platform called Bleep Builder, which makes it easy for everybody to create AR, whether they have technical skills or not, the quote ends. And this is, yeah, this was pretty much the last thing I've heard about uh, Blipper, really, it wasn't uh, that much on the media afterwards. And I believe this is more or less when uh, uh, where you, Faisal, came in. And you were appointed the CEO in October 2019. So the first question is pretty obvious. What had been happening between January and October 2019? Uh, who was in charge
3: and what was going on at the company? So it's a great it's a great question. And I uh, first met Rish. Uh, and, and Nick Candy at the time of the of the acquisition of the of the company team and the and the assets uh, from from administration, and I was getting to know the the team from, from that point. I left. Uh, I stepped down from from Go Compare, uh, having IPO'd that that company previously in March of last year. And whilst I was spending some time with 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 family, Rich uh, Nick and Candy Capital, and I would were, were, were developing some thoughts on. How we would take the you know the ten years worth of IP technology, relationships with with brands, agencies, and, and enterprises, and how we would take all of those learnings and, and assets and build a, a, a new Blipper. Uh, we also took the opportunity to reposition and, and repivot the business from as you said you know it previously required an app uh, to be downloaded in order to experience the AR. Um and the technology that that we're now uh, working working with is what we call webAR but we had to reposition uh, the company we had to uh, reposition uh, the technology and build the webAR technology. We've also spent um, six or seven months rebuilding uh, the saAS tool, the blip builder tool tool that you that you that you mentioned so it's been a busy it was a busy period um, and I was involved I was advising um even before I joined in in, in in October in October um, but um, you know, b- between go compare and, and, and joining properly I needed to uh, some, some space as well and and during that time you know that we were also putting the team together um, so uh, preet uh, Prasanan uh, joined us as chief technology officer we uh, hired um, uh, we brought back uh, Steve who is our uh, chief creative officer. Rish is now the chief product officer, so we're rebuilding, rebuilding the team and hiring, uh, and hiring the new blip teams. And all of that took took some time as well as building, building the right technology. Right, and I remember
2: actually there was a speculation back then uh, that the new Blipper uh, was also going to be led uh, by Amberish, uh, the uh, the co-founder. Uh, was it was a decision made that it it uh, it should not have happened, or uh, why uh, why did they decide to actually involve you rather than him?
3: That, that's a decision that I think we that, that we all took together uh, over the the summer of, of last of last year I was advising both candy Capital and, and, and Ration on what I would do uh, given my experience of, of of scaling companies like Skype kayak uh, at Spotify and Spotify and exiting uh, some of those companies and most recently IPOing uh, go compare and I think where we where we came out was that Rish has, you know, he has many, many strengths. Uh, not least of which is, you know, his experience in in AR, the connections that he that he he's built up o- over a decade, uh, and and the vision that he has, uh, not only uh, for the ecosystem but for for Blipper. But I think we we all recognise that this time round, you know, sometimes founders aren't you know aren't the best uh, C- CEOs, and this time round. I think we took the decision that we needed someone who would, who could come in into a turnaround situation, um, had experience of building and scaling other digital businesses, of taking businesses international, of building teams, of building partnerships, uh, and principally of exiting businesses also. And uh, and that's you know and, and looking at what had been built and the journey that was ahead. That was a that was an Interesting and exciting opportunity uh, for me as well. So I think uh, it was a decision that we came to between us um, that, you know, that came out of the situation um, that, uh, that that was unfolding ahead of us. You know, the, the, the blipper opportunity in five, you know, in AR was developing quickly, and uh, you know, we want to get it right. And I think you know we're hugely complementary as, as well. Uh, you know, with Rish's vision, and product skills, uh, and my experience of building and leading large digital global businesses. It's a, it's a combination that works.
2: Right. Okay, uh, great. Let's talk about uh, you a little bit then, because uh, in the email introduction that uh, uh, was made, you were called a scale-up and turnaround specialist. So, uh, can you just uh, try to decipher what does it actually mean and uh, what's your background and what did you do in all these uh, uh, companies at uh, Skype, at Spotify, Kayak and all those?
3: Sure. Um, so I've, I've been very, very lucky to work at some of the, uh, uh, the, the, the best known uh, internet co- companies uh, of the last couple of decades. And uh, uh, I, I was very lucky, uh, as I said, to to really get, get started in, in Skype, where I was a very early employee. Um, first of all, ran uh, business development and then was director of, of Europe, post the acquisition by eBay. Um, I... Then did my own uh, startup in California, uh, streaming uh, international festival films. Uh, came back, to, came back to Europe and was the international managing director of of Kayak before the IPO of, of that business. Um, and then went back to to working with a former colleague Dan, Daniel Eck, uh, who was the founder of of, uh, of, of Spotify. Um, he uh, he asked me to join Spotify post Series A funding to. Grow and scale the business, you know, similarly to the way I'd done at, at Skype and and Kayak. So I was a senior vice president of international and business development at at uh, Spotify for for about four years, uh, and then uh, and then after that spent uh, about four years in, in private equity doing turnaround for uh, private equity backed companies. So I did you know, couple, you know 15 years or so of scaling and building digital companies. And then at Alvarez and Marcel headed up the European digital and media practice and was parachuted into a number of situations, including um, HMV, the music retailer. But also um, we prepared uh, lastminute.com, the online uh, travel agency for sale, and sold that to Bravo Rumbofly, the uh, Swiss-Italian company. And I was also parachuted into... Uh, Travelocity in Dallas uh, in the United States for for about ten months, and we prepared and sold that business to Expedia. So that's a you know, there's a combination there of of out and out growth and scale up in in digital businesses, but then also uh, four or five years of doing turnaround and restructuring in uh, uh, in in in, uh, in in the but during my time at Alvar as a material.
2: It's a really interesting sort of specialization that you've acquired uh, over the years. And uh, in this case, what was uh, what was sort of the goal uh, that was put in front of you when you uh, were appointed as the CEO? And uh, how are you approaching it? And how long then are you expecting to be at the helm of the company now?
3: So look, you know, I, I think where, where we are is that we've, we've spent the last uh, six or, or seven months uh, consolidating all of the experience IP and AR technology uh, that we had had previously, uh, rebuilding uh, rebuilding the technology and and toolset, creating Blip Builder, which is a, a licensable SaaS product, and building our studio capability that that brands, agencies, and enterprises can rely on to build these highly sophisticated, engaging uh, AR, AR experiences. Um, uh, you know and 6 or 7 months is not a not a a long time you know when i reflect on on the successes of skype kayak spotify and and go compare uh, recently as well you know it overnight success as it often gets termed you know in my experience takes you know 7 to 10 years uh so i i would say that we're at the very start of of this this journey uh, because the you know, this this version of Blipper is a, is a New company. Uh, we're we're exploring new markets and new opportunities. We happen to share the name of the last company, and there are some people involved. You know, but, but it's uh, I, as I said. I think uh, given what we're doing um, now, uh, we, we should think about it as being another seven to ten year uh, horizon. Right.
2: And uh, how big is BliPor now? How many people do you have?
3: Um, we're probably about thirty thirty people. Distributed between London, which is uh, the headquarters, uh, we also have people in in Bangalore in India, in New York and, and San Francisco. Right, and uh, what uh, what do the people outside of the UK do? Right. So, in, in terms of international folks, we have uh, salespeople uh, in in all in all of those markets, and we also have a number of engineers in in, in Bangalore as well. Right.
2: This is interesting. And uh, I hear that uh, now, uh, Bleeper, and you just said it, that uh, you're now pivoted from a native uh, AR app to a browser-based technology that's called WebAR. And uh, I-, I knew that before, and I also uh, you know, tried to Google what that is. I couldn't really understand. So what is actually WebAR? Is it a technology? Is it a framework?
3: Is it something else? What is it? Uh, so... Uh, web AR essentially means that the end user is able to point their their, their camera, their, their mobile phone camera, at a trigger. That trigger could be a QR code, it, it could be a uh, it it could be a URL, or it could be a, a you know a, a recognizable object. We use uh, object recognition, computer vision to recognize objects that will launch a a fully immersive 3D AR experience. When we do that, and we don't use the app. Then we work uh, leveraging uh, AR core or AR kits, which are which are the uh, Android and iOS AR tech stacks, which have now been um, downloaded to over four billion mobile smartphones across the world. Um, so there's already a, a, a essentially uh, a text an AR tech stack now on most, uh, in fact, over 98% of of mobile um, mobile phones, which means that we don't need to to have our own app. We do maintain an app. We do an SDK to, to third parties that want to integrate AR into their existing apps. But because of AR Core and AR Kit, we no longer require the, the, the download of an app, which suddenly means that uh, AR is available to everyone and removes a lot of the friction that previously existed. So, you know, whether whether you're a, f- a five year old child who is uh, you know scanning a box of cereal. And wants the puzzle and the and, and the game. They're not going to download an app. And if you're a you know if you're a little bit uh, technophobic and, and uh, you know perhaps not as familiar with with technology, but still want to see what that what that sofa is going to look like in your in your lounge, you don't need to download an app. You uh, you you point the, the your 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 mobile phone camera at the at the trigger. And the and the the sofa will appear, or the game the game will trigger in the mobile phone. And uh, I like to think of it a little bit like uh, like a Harry Potter experience. You know, we can make we make the magic happen, and it appears like it's around you. But of course, uh, if, if you remove the if you remove the phone, it disappears. But it it right. ha- looks like it's happening right in front of you and surrounds you.
2: Right, and what exactly is the product that uh, Bleepor is uh, offering now? Uh, what, uh, what, how do you pitch your customers? What is it? So
3: there are there are essentially uh, two two legs to the business. Uh, we license uh, Blip Builder, which is a which is a SaaS platform. It's a drag and drop uh, platform for content creation, uh, AR content creation. So an agency, a brand, or an enterprise would license uh, seats for that for, uh, for that. That platform, such that, so that their their creatives can can use the platform to simply and easily create uh, their own AR experiences, and they can then publish those experiences across iOS, Android, and anywhere on on the web. So that's a a, so, a SaaS software where tool that we that we that we licenses. The one leg, and the second leg is a studio capability. So where where a, a brand or an agency. Uh, has a great idea for an AR experience. They may well have licensed the technology, but but oftentimes you know, they'll say to us, because you've done this 18,000 times before with 2,000 brands, we have a real uh, expertise on on making AR experiences that are impactful, that com- that convert, that have high dwell dwell times uh, and high click-through rates. So they ask us to build those those. AR experiences leveraging Blip Builder, the, the same platform that we license to to studios and, and create and, and creators. We use the tool ourselves, and we charge a, a studio fee for for that AR creation.
2: Right, and who are uh, who are your customers then?
3: I see if you can name a few. Absolutely, um, I'm very proud um, of the, the 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 list of customers that we have in the pipeline that we're. That we're developing, you know, in in such a short period of time, um, you know, we we've we've partnered with companies, some of the biggest uh, FMCG companies in the world, including uh, Coca Cola, including uh, Unilever, Pro- 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 Procter and Gamble, and we're you know we're working with uh, large educational companies like Pearson, who are making their their school and their textbooks come come to life, which is really important. Uh, at the moment, uh, dur- during lockdown, because of course, uh, kids are finding it hard to 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 engage when they're not at school, and we help the, the these textbooks come to life. We're working with e-commerce companies, so you know retailers who are experiencing uh, retail shut shutdown uh, and are seeing the growth in, uh, of e-commerce that need to show their their products better uh, in a, in a in a less two-dimensional format, if you're spending hundreds of dollars on a, on a coat or a, or a jacket or a pair of shoes, if you can see that in 3D and see what it looks like from all, from all angles, you're, uh, what we're finding is that e-commerce companies are more likely to create a sale and the click-through rates are higher. So we're working with com- companies, uh, e- e-commerce companies. And we're also working with uh, other companies that, that want to, to use uh, AR for learning and development. So you know whether it's a, a, a whether it's an automotive company that's teaching its uh, engineers how to service a, a car by recognizing the car and, and bringing down uh, engineering and and, uh, and specs for, for the for the car directly to the phone or whether it's things like a um, a home insurance company that that show that can recognize boilers and and shows its engineers how to service a, a boiler the the scope for for augmented reality now is, is is becoming very, very wide. It's been, been, been used historically, of course, for marketing and advertising, but we're seeing great use cases appear uh, across a number of spaces.
2: Right, and you say that you've built a, a really good pipeline so far. Uh, do you have, uh, by chance, uh, any sort of hard numbers uh, to share just to show the growth or whatever's been happening? What are your metrics, actually? What do you measure yourselves against? So um,
3: rev- revenue growth, of course, is uh, is very important, especially in these early days, as we're, as we're proving out the you know the, the demand and the product market fit. And uh, we're now uh, doing hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on an uh, MRR basis, so monthly reoccur- recurring revenue. We've signed um, in the in the in the last two months, we've signed five six figure uh camp, campaigns you know which which speaks to the demand uh, that exists and and in many ways you know when people are at home uh, and using their mobile phone uh, more than ever before uh, and uh, and spending less time outside and less time being exposed to out of uh, out of home advertising AR suddenly takes on a whole new meaning and you know when you can't see products you know in a showroom in the in the same way as we were able to only 12 weeks ago AR brings a whole new dimension to to, uh, to to seeing products and experiencing products and services so we're we're as I said we're now you know, delighted with the very rapid growth um, I think I, I, I mentioned that um, since the start of this year we've doubled revenue every month and I think that's likely to con- you know given the pipeline that we have it's likely to con- continue for for the rest of this year at least so basically the the
2: whole uh, outbreak of uh, covid-19 the lockdowns uh, uh, have not uh, influenced
3: you in a bad way uh, n- not at all i think look uh, there are a lot of parts of the economy that are clearly clearly su- suffering um and and are, and are having a hard time um, but in 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 any disruption and dislocation there are always winners and, and losers and we're seeing uh, increased demand. If you are, uh, for example, an alcohol company, if you are, uh, if you are a supermarket or a or a CP, CPG company, um, or if you are a uh, a streaming company, that, you know that's that's la- launching a, in a in a new market. Uh, and all of those 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 companies need to find ways of reaching their their user base because previously you might have used. Out of home advertising, as a, as an example, but people aren't spending as much time outside passing by billboards uh, as much as, as they were. Uh, and, and AR advertising is a you know, is a really interesting way of of really engaging. Uh, the dwell times are quite different from typical display display advertising. Um, so that's the other metric that we that we measure. Um, we, we may measure dwell time and engagement because this is a, a very rich medium that our partners use to to engage and to to and to work with the uh, with the audience
2: right yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense I have to say so about the company itself it's kind of a weird uh, sort of creature right now the way I see it so it's not really it can't really be seen as a startup, like a normal startup, just because there is no such thing as a founder anymore. I suppose. I mean, there is Risha, obviously, uh, who uh, co-founded the previous version of Blipper, but right now, as far as I understand, it's mostly owned by Candy Ventures itself. So, how does this, uh, how does this startup, non-startup dynamic works inside the company and for you per- personally? That's a
3: great question. We're, yeah, we're, we're clearly not a startup. The company w- was was started in in. In 2011, and had four founders back then, and it's raised, uh, as you as you mentioned earlier, over 130 million dollars, and has been a unicorn. So uh, clearly, um, has graduated uh, beyond being a, a startup. But but we are a, um, a you know a smaller organization now, uh, having gone from over 300, I think it was about 340 employees to about. You know, about a tenth of that size. Size now, Uh, it's a it's a different organisation, but we're also hyper focused. So whereas the organisation or the business before was doing research into computer vision and spatial listening and machine machine learning, as well as uh, augmented reality, uh, this Blipper is one hundred percent focused on on Blipper has a very clear has a very clear mission. And is also incredibly well known um, so one of the attractions um, um, of of this opportunity is when we talk to brands and agencies you know having been the pioneers of, of augmented reality they all know who we are we're often uh, wel- welcomed back into the these um, these brands and agencies because they've used blipper for 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 for, for, for many years and any you know the other things that set us apart from a from a normal um, Uh, startup is we've got 10 years worth of ip and the business has invested heavily in created creating uh this this technology moat that we have and the team the the ar team um that that we've built already has been working together for for many many years so we're not figuring this out as we go along as as many as many startups do uh you know we know the market um, we've been present in the in the markets. We've built a big business b- before. And we've supported a lot of these these clients. We've educated a lot of these clients and been been their partners in AR for for, for nearly a, nearly a decade. Um, and we're you know and we're very well supported by uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, Candy Capital own the majority of the company. Um, the, the the you know it, it means that uh, we're able to focus on on executing and building. Building building the company as opposed to thinking about uh, um, fight, you know raising a round of round of funding every three or or six months you know um, Candy Capital uh, by the fact that they bought this business have uh, demonstrated uh, that they uh, really believe in, in Blipper the technology and the team that we that we that we're, that we're building and up uh, you know our happy to back us. Um, um, into into building this into a into a uh, a large a large company.
2: Does it mean you are not going to be looking for external funding in the
3: future? You know that, that, that's an interesting question. We um, you know, since since I joined uh, back in back in October, there have been an, uh, a number of approaches, uh, both of financial investors, but also strategic in, investors who would. Who've expressed an interest to explore some kind of relationship with us. My my approach has been, you know, we, we've we've been heads down rebuilding, repivoting the, the company, building the web AR uh, capability, build, rebuilding Blit Builder. We've got uh, a big summer coming up with some I- important launches. So with with the with the rest of the, the team and, and the board, what we decided to do was spend this year really rebuilding the technology, rebuilding the team building some of these really exciting experiences which you'll start to see this summer and then uh, you know and then and then we'll see you know that you know if we do take external funding it will be because they provide us with strategic uh, reasons to, to, to partner uh, with them um, my experience that you know of having raised uh, a, a lot of money with Skype and kayak and and, and most, most recently at Spotify is, investors come in many different flavors and the, the smartiest and the savviest can add a lot of strategic value. And, and if we come across one of those at the right time and it fits with the growth plans that we have, then that would make sense. But it hasn't been our focus you know, since since I joined as, as the CEO. Right. And uh, so while you are building this
2: uh, Bleepor uh, 2.0, are there any sort of Learnings of uh, Blipper 1.0 that you keep in mind and try not to uh, not to repeat in the new company, so that uh, this story ends better than the previous one. Uh,
3: well, of course, I, I wasn't involved in in, in the first, yeah, absolutely, I understand in Blipper 1.0. Yeah, you know, and it was you know they were doing at it for for a long time, and they had many many successes as you as you mentioned. You know, it was uh, a tech, tech unicorn valued at over a billion dollars they raised. They were successful at raising a lot of money. So I think it's important to realize that this was a very, very successful company um, and, and was one of the, the UK's very first tech, tech unicorns. Uh, a lot of what happened and, and, and uh, the unfortunate un- unwind was not because the company wasn't doing well, um it was as you mentioned uh, because of the issues that that Kazana had so but it, but in terms of 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 learning you know i said i, I wasn't there but you know I, I think one of the things that that i observed when i was joining the company was it did a number of it was it was involved in a in a number of areas in addition to augmented reality it was doing computer vision and spatial listening and, and machine learning and, 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 and AI. And whilst whilst that's possible when you're 300-odd odd people, this, this time around I'm, I'm very clear that uh, what we've done is we've, we've focused on that part of Blipper, which has historic, historically generated all of the revenue, 85% of the revenue came from AR, and that's what we're ruthlessly pursuing this, this time and so yeah we are whilst we've folded in all of those technologies uh we've lifted uh, the best AR engineering talent from the previous version of, of Blipper uh, and we're building and we're and we're building on that and the other thing that you can't legislate for andre uh, was uh, as much as anything else, the previous version of Blipper might have been the right product and the right technology it was just at the wrong at the wrong time um, and I think one of the the attractions for uh, for building this business now, is the plate tectonics or the ecosystem seems to be coming together? You know, you have Snap uh, and 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 TikTok and Facebook all launching their own AR capabilities. You have uh, mobile operators that are launching five, five G, G networks. Uh, you you have Google integrating uh, AR into native mobile mobile search. Uh, you have ARKit and ARCore. So the the, the core technology stacks for mobile phones now now making every phone into a into an AR smartphone. So I think as much as anything else it's uh, uh, you've got to be lucky with the timing as well and I think uh, um, I think we've, we've picked this the time to come back quite judiciously. right And uh, yeah this was actually something that I wanted
2: to finish with and uh, talk about AR a little bit too. I'm not really myself technophobic uh, or anything like that. And yet, I don't think I do interact with AR often at all. Actually, I don't think I have seen any sort of AR applications or installed any AR applications or used web AR on my own phone uh, for, I don't know, a year or two or maybe even more. So who is your, uh, who is your customer base and uh, how does AR have any future in this in this world, and is it like for younger
3: people maybe, or like what am I missing here? As I said, stay tuned. This this summer is gonna be gonna be really exciting and, and really interesting. Uh, but already we're working with CPG companies like Procter and Gamble, so that when you go into a supermarket and you uh, and you scan a bottle of shampoo, um, you can see whether it's the right type of shampoo for for your hair. You might uh, scan a, a packet of soup and and see. Recipes for that packet of soup, or there are there are lots of e-commerce and B two B applications that we that I mentioned earlier. You know whether that's uh, uh, aircraft and engineers who can see the specs for a maintenance of a, of an engine, or a boiler uh, service engineer being able to 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 service a particular boiler with that, with you know and able to recognize that boiler. Through to we're launching uh, AR ads. Uh, as well so uh, on your mobile phone you'll be able to go from for example seeing an advert uh, a mobile mobile advert for an Audi to be, to going directly into a fully immersive experience where the where the Audi car appears in your driveway and you can walk around it you can configure the color you can change the you can change the body kit you could change the the color of the of the seats and look around inside the car it's fully, it's, it's it's fully 360 and so, um, you know, all of the all of these things are coming. Uh, but to your to your point about who's using AR already, Snap has been teaching a generation of Gen Z people about uh, using AR to do some really cool, fun, fun, fun things, uh, and all the face fun uh, face filters uh, that that you can see. Facebook is has uh, is, is, is launched its AR capability. TikTok recently launched. Uh, branded branded effects, and so I think this is a a, a case of, of a, a market that's very very quickly, and, in, and I've seen so much change in the in the in the last six months alone. And of course, you know when Google and Apple launch their their spectacles products, uh, that will only accelerate the, the, this market. And that. Uh, uh, but for the, you know for the moment, I'm most excited about everybody who owns a smartphone being able to experience. AR. And I think now, that, as I said, the, the ecosystem is coming together with 5G now that every phone is a, is a AR smart, smartphone. And, and maybe what they've been waiting for is a content creation platform like Blipper.
2: Right. Understood. Well, thanks a lot for this. I do look forward to seeing uh, whatever happens this summer. And maybe I will indeed uh, try some AR myself. In the meantime, thanks a lot for joining, Faisal. And uh, good luck with uh, Blipper and everything you're doing there. Fantastic. Let's let's speak in, in a few months' time, André. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye.
0: And this is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please help us spread the word. Tell a friend or colleague or family member about the show and follow our updates on Twitter at tech underscore EU. Audio engineering for this podcast is done by Sound Pulse. That is sound-pulse.com. Please feel free to email us with any questions, suggestions, and opinions at podcast.tech.eu. I am going to talk to you next Monday, still filling in for André Daigler. Until then, please enjoy your week and take care. Bye-bye.